All right, how we doing? Yeah. We doing good? Oh, man, if this is your first time to Metro, I am so sorry for what you're about to have to deal with, all right? Um, hey, hey, let, let me kind of address two things. Like I said, my name's Chris. So pumped to be here. Um, and yes, we are going to talk about sex. Hi, Mom. <laughs> She's here. So anyway, it's going to be awkward for her. Anyway, um, stay with me. So at the end of the day, I want to address a couple things. Why would we talk about this in church? Um, and so two reasons. Number one is simply this, because uh, we all thought about it today. All of us. And so I just figure if we thought about it, we should talk about it. Does that make sense? And so that's why. But then there's a second reason. Second reason is why we're going to talk about this is because we live in a sex crazy world, do we not? Right? And, and, and it gets tense where we're like, oh, we don't know what to do with it. Right? It's like, oh, them kids, they're having sex younger and younger and like two, they're doing it. What do we do? You know, and we're, they're not. But, but you got this tension, right? And so my thing is, I just want you to know, is look, God, I, I don't think it shocked God that humanity would be obsessed with sex. All right, like God created it, hello, right? Like God, God thought, this is a great idea, boom, and it's the greatest gift next to Jesus God gave us, it really is, when you handle it his way. And so like I said, I don't think this shocked God. In fact, God fully prepared us for it, and he wrote us a whole book called The Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, and maybe Maybe the reason our world is out of control and we got issues in the church is because we've neglected the whole book God wrote us to do, that teaches us how to use it. Does that make sense? And so for me, look, what we want to do is I, I just want to be upfront with you. There are two objectives to this whole series, okay? First objective is this, is number one, I want to celebrate sex, now, that might get weird for you, okay? Like, like if you're here with your mom for the first time, you're, you're leaning over, I don't know what's happening, mom, come next week. Um, we'll talk about it next week too. But for us, the reason why is like, I'm so sick of the world celebrating a gift God gave us. I'm sick of it. Look, look, we have something to celebrate when we use it the way God designed it. Number one. Number two is I want you guys to be able to go home and be able to read this book called Song of Songs, where again, maybe you'll be struggling with it, or it'll be a tension in your marriage, or maybe the single people will be wishing they were having it, right? Um, but, but either way, either way, we want, look, I don't want you to go back and be like, dude, there's this one crazy message, I gotta get that podcast. I don't want you to go, oh, 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 come book an appointment at the office, someone explain this to me. What I want is for you to be able to grab your Bible, and be able to teach your kids about sex, be able to talk about it with your spouse, and singles be able to have Bible studies to build healthy marriages. But I want you to empower you to know how to read this book. Does that make sense? And so we go with that. And so I'm going to teach us how that all works together. Um, but first, let us pray so I don't screw this up. All right? So let's pray. Um, Jesus, God, be real in this moment. Uh, God, be our one thing. Be our everything, God. God, there's so many different thoughts that goes on with this idea called sex, but God, you wrote us a book, and so God, don't let me go to the left or to the right, but God, let me line up perfectly with your word, God. Let me honor you and glorify you, Jesus, and ultimately, God, be our one thing in this place, that without you, everything else is nothing, and so God, be with us. 
God, be with me. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So to kind of start this off, I want to talk about marketing because I think the reason that a lot of us struggle with sex is because we bought the lie that the world out there is teaching us. Where I really do believe that, that the reason we have attention in the church is because I believe we're buying the lie Satan's feeding us with sex, where I think we're buying a fake imitation. For example, I kind of got an illustration for us. Um, I want to talk about colognes and body sprays. Now, um, maybe you can relate to this. I'm not 100% sure. But for me, what we have over here is we have a whole bunch of body sprays and a whole bunch of colognes. And so very first thing is we're talking about colognes. So how many of you out there, men, how many of you are cologne wearers? Now, I'm not talking about body sprays. Okay, so every teenager, put your hand down, all right? But I'm talking about the real deal. Like how many? Men, men, how many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Cologne is the real deal. And here's the problem. Cologne is expensive. Can we agree? Like, I'm not talking like, look, body spray, we'll get to this in a minute, but it's like a couple of bucks, but like cologne, like this right here, this is mine. This is my smell. It's called the spice bomb. Okay. Um, now the reason why is because we went shopping not too long ago and my wife was like, I don't like any of these smells. Can't you just rub grass and dirt all over you and you'll smell like I want you to. And I'm like, I, I, I just want some. And so I bought this. So anyway, th- this is my thing. Um, so anyway, it's called the spice bomb. And this right here cost me $90. I know, I probably shouldn't have bought this, but, but there, there's a thing for me, is there, that me, the crazy thing about this is uh, guys are no cologne, right? You'll get this, is that one squirt of this will last all night long, right? Right, can't we agree? Now, here's the thing. Now, teenagers come into this, single people. Now, we over here, body spray. Now, here's what's fascinating about this stuff. Same accomplishment, same goal, $3.99, I've got a coupon, okay? Now, here's the problem. Now, now, here's what's crazy. This is designed to do the same as the cologne. But look, guys, men, can't we agree this isn't, this isn't the real deal? It's not, and here's why. Because this is a fake imitation. What happens with this is that you'll spray it on, and in an hour, it fades away. And this is a trap, because before you know it, young guys, young people, come into this. You buy this, you become the ax man, you do, you do. Where, where what happens is you, people can smell you coming a mile away. That's just what happens. And it's because we buy the marketing where they, they the commercials, they're like, if you buy this, you get the girl, you get two girls. Look, you get young girls, old girls. Look, you get grandma. <laughs> and so what happens, we buy the ax. And the problem is it's a trap because here's what happens to young people. I'm sure no old person's done this, but the young people, here's what we do. We're young and dumb, right? And so you'll buy this and, and, you, and, and you know, you'll start to think, all right, I'm going to get a date. I'm going to go try to pick up chicks or I, I don't know, play Pokemon Go and go set yourself up and get your pheromones going. I, I don't know. But either way, you, you'll go out on the town and you'll get showered up. And then what will happen? You'll get the can and you'll make a round. <laughs> One circle. And that's what happens. Then you take off and, you know, you're, you're trying to pick up chicks, you know, sub girl, sub girl, and they're, they're not paying attention to you. And the next thing you realize, oh, my scent's gone. Oh, shoot. So what happens? The next day you come back and then you're like, okay, I'm going to get the commercials right. So I'm going to double up. So you do two rounds. Right? And then you go on the same thing, you start playing Pokemon Go, and it has nothing to do with you can't pick up chicks while playing Pokemon Go, but you're just going, oh, it wore off again. 
And so then you go back, and this is the trap, right? Where you start to douse yourself in it. You start to put more and more and more on going, why won't it work? It's because, look, it's a fake imitation where no matter how much you spray this, it's going to fade away. And don't miss this, because this is the switch coming into sex. Is that when it comes to sex, Satan's fed us the same lie. Where for us, we've bought the cheap imitation. We believe sex is in a moment. We think that sex is an event. We think that, look, if we just get more and more and more and more sex, then, then we'll be satisfied. And here's the problem. When you handle sex in the way God says not to, it does exactly what this stuff does is it puts an aroma on your life and leaves a trail behind you that you never wanted. And some of you get that. It was one night of fun. And you came home with a disease or an STI that you never wanted. Maybe it was a pregnancy where, yeah, you're thankful that God gave you a blessing called a kid, but can't we agree that that wasn't the grand plan? Maybe it was an affair. Maybe it's broken relationships. Look, maybe it's an addiction to what you're looking at. Look, I don't know, but the reality is, is that we buy the lie that this idea of sex is a moment in time that if we just get more and more and more and more and more, then we will be satisfied and nothing can get further from the truth. And listen to me, that's why, listen to me, my thing, what I know about my God is that he created sex and the point was not to create this desire in humanity that we can never fill. He created sex in a way that when you handle it the way he designed it, meaning in marriage, a life commitment between one man and one woman, it is a fulfillment and a joy and one of the greatest gifts we need to celebrate. Look at, look at me, sex is not a bad thing. In fact, the big idea I want to talk about today is this, is sex is a good thing. Probably never heard this sermon title in church before, right? Right? But this is what we got to understand is that so often we buy the lie. And that's where God wrote us a whole book of the Bible to know how to understand sex, how to handle it, and how to have fun with it in marriage. Now, that might freak some of you guys out. I'm not sure where you're at, but that's why we just want to study the Bible. And look, I'm hoping that you understand these aren't my thoughts. I just want to walk you through one of the most amazing books of the Bible where God's main idea is about sex and that it's a good thing and we should celebrate it. We should. And so, like I said, I want to teach us how to read the book of Song of Solomon. I really, I really do. And so if you have your Bibles, you might want to open it up. Maybe if you have a smartphone, you can do that. If you don't have any of that, everything's going to be on a screen. But before we jump in, if you were to say, All right, I'm, going to, I'm just going to read this book, here's what I know is that you'd be confused, okay? Because what you got to know about this book is three different things. Where number one is it's song poetry, okay? And so kind of the idea here is that it's called Song of Songs, right? And so there's verses, there's choruses, there's interludes. It's just like a song, right? And then the song is, is basically each verse has a little story. So basically it's an old couple. Solomon is looking back on his wife and he's saying, man, here's moments when we dated. Here's snapshots of when we were courting. Here's snapshots when we were engaged. Here's snapshots when we were married. Here's snapshots when we were fighting about sex. There's all these different things. They're snapshots. They're verses. It's like a country song. 
Right, you know how country songs have stories, right? You, your, your wife leaves you, you lose your house, your dog dies, right? You play it backwards, you get it all back, hallelujah. Um, that's, so it's the same thing, but, but way happier, okay? So we're gonna get stories in the verses. Okay, so you gotta understand, song, poetry, so there's no chronological order, it's just these snapshots. Second thing you gotta know about Song of Solomon is it's physical. It's physical, Okay, like as we're going to get into this, like they're, they're climbing trees and grabbing palm trees and, and climbing hills of Beether, if you know what I mean, and, and it just play that on your head. And so just one more disclaimer, if there are kids in here, probably need to take them out. Okay, does that make sense? Because it's physical. But the last thing you need to know about the book is that it's allegorical. And what this means is it's, it does teach us about our relationship between us and God. It, it does, and so you, you can't hide that. So it's, you got this idea that it's song of songs, right? Song poetry, it's physical, so there's tons of wisdom and learnings we can have practically, but it's so much deeper and it's allegorical at the same time. Does that make sense? And so that's the idea that runs through the whole book, and so we're just gonna start with this thing, and we're just gonna start in verse one, chapter one, and the first theme that erupts out of, out of this book, and I wanna kind of stay at just an overview, right? Is that if sex is a good thing, then it means at least two things. And these two things run through the entire book is one is sexual desire is natural. So that desire, okay, it's natural. And now here's the thing, like that gets tense in the church because we're like, oh, I don't know if we should talk about this. What do you mean desire? Uh, I don't know. And so look, I just, I just want to read to you the Bible, Okay, and so we're going to start in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1, where it says this, Song, Solomon's Song of Songs. And there's a woman speaking. And remember, this is a snapshot. You're going to get a picture where it says this, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. Now wonder the maidens love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Whew. That's physical, right? Like you read out of that. Some here are like, wow, that's in the Bible. But don't miss this. It's a snapshot. What's the snapshot of? Right? Well, most scholars believe that this couple is looking back to their wedding day. So think about this, ladies, the day you all dream of, okay? And, and this is the woman's perspective. So think about this. She's getting her hair did. She's getting the updo. You know, I mean, she's got the dress on. She's looking all pretty and white. And this is everything she could have, right? She's got the flowers. She's picked out the songs. This is the perfect day, right? And all this is happening, but don't miss this, is that the Bible gives us a snapshot into her mind. Well, understand, on her wedding day, okay, she's getting all ready. She's getting all flustered. We get a snapshot into her mind. And what does she say? Oh, I'm just so excited because I picked a nice boy. <laughs> nah, that's not what she says. She's getting all ready and done up. She's like, dear Lord, kiss me, bring me into the chambers, Right? Now stay with this, because why would this be the launching pad for this entire book? And I think it's this, is that I think the writer is trying to tell us, God's trying to tell us, like sex is a good thing, and this desire for it is completely natural. Where like I said, God created sex. He created this desire. And understand, sex in the covenant of marriage 
is for our joy and our pleasure. Understand that. Like, it's a good thing. Problem is, is we don't sometimes like to talk about this in the church. In fact, if you go across church history, instead of looking at this book and teaching this to children and young people, we don't know how to handle or deal with desire. And so the answer for the church throughout history has been, let's just suppress the desire. I'm saying that's, that's what the church has historically did. And what do they do? They do that through, hey, we're going to control your life. We're going to control and put laws into place of how you dress. And there's still sections of Christianity like this today where they're like, hey, 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 we don't know what to do about desire. Instead of dealing with the heart, we're just going to create a law and try to make everyone as unattractive as possible. So first off, men, look, you wear a white shirt. I nailed that. So you know what, you know what I'm saying? So we're, men wear white shirt, no colors, white shirt, suspenders, gray pants, don't shave. All right, I guess that is the most unattractive thing you could, you know, until the hipster movement, and then it became cool. You know, I, I don't know, you know, you got this thing happening. Second thing is, well, what are we going to do with the women? Oh, the women. So attractive. We don't know what to do. So here's the deal, guys. We're going we're, we're to put, we're, we're going we're to get rid of the curves. Curves are of the devil. No, nope, no. Nope. If a man sees a curve, so here's the deal. We're going to wrap him in burlap. Boxy burlap. No curves. True. So here's the problem with that is that it doesn't work, right? Because there's some dude that's going to look at some girl and she's going to be wrapped in the burlap and he's going to be like, mm, mm, man, that boxy burlap, it's got back, you know? And he, he's going to be all, and it just doesn't work. And so look, I just think the reason the Bible starts this way is because I believe God is sending us a message that God created sex as a beautiful, pleasurable, joyful thing in marriage. And I'm so sick of the world out there selling us a perversion and a cheap imitation. Man, the world can't out-celebrate us, people. Listen to me. What I believe is that if we would embrace sex in our marriages the way God intended it, Here's what I believe. I think we should celebrate it. I think we will be fulfilled in it. You know what? I think the world wouldn't need 50 shades of gray. They would just need to come to the church, look at our marriages, and boom, they would see everything they desire. Man, we got to get into this. Where, man, I'm telling you, this desire set is a good thing. But the problem, right? Sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes we don't believe God's word. And that's where there's a second theme throughout this. It's not just, hey, boom, this desire is natural and a good thing. It's this, is don't awaken love before marriage or outside of marriage. That's the buzzkill, right? Like all, all the teenagers, you were like, whoa, sex. Wait, I got wait? Son of a, you know, they, they didn't know what to do with it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you start pushing back and you're like, whoa, in marriage, same person for a lifetime? Boring. Or what if I can't find someone? Then I don't get to do it? That can't be right. You know, and there's this panic, you know what I mean? But don't miss this. There's a fundamental shift that has to start happening where you start to decide, look, am I going to put my foundation on God and in his word, or am I going to let the world teach me? Because newsflash, if you don't choose God, the world will teach you. The world will educate you. And look, choosing not to choose is choosing the world because they're ripping the message through us whether we like it or not. And that's why we choose so often to go outside of marriage. And how does that happen? 
Like, just play it out, right? You don't mean for it to happen. You don't become an unchristian or go, I don't believe in God anymore. What happens? There's an electricity to infatuation and when you start getting someone, right? Like, think about this. Just play this out, right? Like, what happens? You got the guy and the girl, right? Guy and the girl. And then all of a sudden they're single, they're lonely, you know, and so one lonely night, they're like, I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to sign myself up on Christian Mingle or Plenty of Fish or some online dating site somewhere, <laughs> right? And at 2 a.m., then you got the swipe to like, swipe to not like, and, you're, and you, got the, you got the guy sitting there like, not like, not like, not like, not like, ooh, ooh, and I like that burlap like, you know, and you're like, <laughs> you swipe the like, and then what happens? There's an excitement. What's going to happen? What's she going to say? Then the girl gets the message, ding, someone likes you. And this is the girl. She's looking at her cell phone. Just please don't be weird. <laughs> please tell me. That's all that goes through a girl's head. Um, and you look and he's normal. <sighs> and there's a flutter. There's electricity, Right. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You start sending messages, right? Like maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's on the website. I don't know. But you start texting and talking and texting and talking, maybe video chatting. Then all of a sudden, there's the moment where you ask her out, you ask her on the date, and she says yes. The electricity, the flutter, right? This adrenaline starts pumping through you. You're like, oh my gosh, she said yes. And then from completely from the guy perspective, you show up, right? And you go to the dinner table and this is all your thing. You're talking, she's smiling, there's engagement. You're going, man, this is good. This is good. And then the, what goes through, all of a sudden this little voice hits a guy's head, touch her. Not weird, okay? But touch her hand, hold her hand. Like, let's, let's, get, let's get it moving. It's totally a guy perspective. And what happens? Then you start to contemplate. You're like, okay, she has her hand out. Okay, if I reach for the salt and brush her hand, okay? You know what I mean? And so I have, there's a salt. You wait for her hand just to slip that way. You're like, oh, the salt. And you brush her hand. Contact. She didn't pull it away. You know, and so what happens is you're at Carabas. This is fine dining down river, okay? And so you're at Carabas. You pay for dinner, okay? Then you go out to downtown Wyandotte. Let's get Stroh's ice cream. And when it starts happening, you start walking along the river, and then you notice. Here's this voice again, touch her. And you're, you're watching, and you're, not weird, okay, just, just hold her hand, you know? And, and you walk in, and you start to notice her hand's open, her hand's open. You're like, okay, if I just get in sync with her, okay, if I get in sync with her, I start swinging at the same time, then I'll, boom, and bam, you lock on. Oh, flutter. And then what happens, right? The contact, the physical, it's so big, so strong, that all of a sudden, if you don't have a foundation in Christ and then God and saying, I'm going to do it his way because that's the very best. Look, you start to feed the other beast where all of a sudden it becomes one touch. Then becomes one step further. Then becomes one hug, one kiss. She's shaking her keys. You jump into her house and then bam, it's happened. And that's when the single person starts to wrestle with God and go, God, he will forgive me anyway. God, are, are you sure that this thing's supposed to be for marriage? God, God, well, uh, God, come on, it's 2016. Are you, I'm not old school, come on. But then what happens? Go back to the clone illustration. It's one night with one person, which then becomes an emotional hurt, which then draws a next episode maybe with the next person. And then all of a sudden you're starting to live a lifestyle and doing things that you never thought you would do. And there's hurt and baggage in a stream of things going behind you. 
And it's no different for the married people. It's the same electricity where it might not start on a dating website. What happens is someone from high school starts to message you on Facebook. Well, they're an old fling. And so what happens? Well, just one message. I'm just going to talk about my wife and kids. Promise she tells you about her husband and her kids. And you're going, wow. And there's a connection. Maybe it's a contact at work. Maybe whatever it is, but there's that electricity. We're going to, if you don't decide what your foundation is going to be, you feed the other beast. And then one thing, it's one drink. It's one night. It's one time. Then you're sitting down telling your kids, mom or dad isn't coming home. And you've got to understand that whenever you handle sex outside of the way God intended it, and you can take this to the bank every time, it always leaves you wanting more and disappointed every time. And I know you might push back on that. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have sex. I'm fine with it. Yeah, but there's a day where the person you're with, you're going to have to tell them about your past. That's not a fun dance. I don't care what your faith is. And that's why over and over and over and over again, again, this isn't like God's upstairs going, oh, what do we do? God's going, no, I'm going to tell you what to do. And so over and over and over again in Song of Solomon, God starts to speak something to us and he starts to say this, do not awaken. Don't go outside marriage. Don't awaken or arouse love. Look, don't do it until it so desires. And it just keeps repeating this. Don't awaken it. Don't awaken it. Don't awaken it. Don't awaken it. Because if you jump over to chapter eight, it says, for love is as strong as death. Is that not true? It's as strong as death. It's a yearning in your soul. It's jealousy as unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. And then it says this many, don't miss that. Many. We're going to come back to this. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would not utterly be scorned. Translation, that once you go outside of marriage, once this thing called love is awoken, there is a beast inside of you and me. It's called desire. And once that thing is inflamed in a way that's unhealthy, he's saying many, don't miss that. Many rivers, many waters. What does he mean? You can't quench it. Meaning if you go outside of the way God intended it, that look, you can go from bed to bed to bed. You can go from person to person to person. You can go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And if you do things and awaken love outside of marriage, you can't be fulfilled. Do you understand that? And we all live that. There's people in here that get that. There's addicts know that. And see the paradox that the Bible starts to draw right here. Because on one hand, he's going, this desire is a good thing. Sex is a good thing. But if you awaken it, you got problems. And if your life is anything like mine, it has been awoken. And the million dollar question is, is what do we do with this? Like, what do we do with the paradox? What do you do when you've been awoken to love? What is the answer? Do we go back to the burlap? Like, right, you know, like, let's just, let's just cut out. Let's move to Montana. We'll just get rid of the internet. We'll get rid of society, wrap everyone up in blankets. Is that the answer? What do we do? And I think to me, what you do is you just come back to Jesus. 
And I know, I know you might push back on that. Like, whoa, no. You can't say all of that and then just come back to Jesus. It doesn't work like that. Because maybe for you, you have hurt. You have pain. Maybe you are dealing with an affair or you have emotions because someone's cheated on you. Maybe there's, there's, there's stuff in your past that's ripping your soul. But what do you mean come to Jesus? That's where you got to understand this book. Understand, scripture teaches us that all things lead us to Jesus. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, all things lead us to Jesus. That means all things created, all things we experience. You realize when you look at the sun, it's supposed to lead you to Jesus. When you look at the moon, it's supposed to lead you to Jesus. When you look at marriage, it's supposed to lead you to Jesus. And yes, even sex. The end goal is not sex. Sex isn't the point. That's why we called this series the happiest ending. You understand, happy ending, that's not the point. The point is Jesus is the happiest. He's the better. He's the greater. It's what it's all about. And all things are to draw you to Jesus. And maybe, maybe the reason we have a world unfulfilled, maybe the reason people can't get their fill of sex is because you're making sex the end itself. Maybe the hole in our heart is meant for Jesus. Maybe, maybe we need to look at things differently. Or again, this book is so rich because it's not just physical, right? It's allegorical. Or again, if you come back to this book and just reread what we just read, for the people in here who you're dealing with sexual sin or sexual past, sexual temptation, you're going, I, I, I can't quench this. I just keep tripping. I'm hurting my spouse. I'm hurting myself. I can't stop. What if you cried out to Jesus like this woman cried out to her, this woman cried out to her man? What if our prayer life became this and how we interacted with Jesus? Where she says, let me kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. Fear love is more delightful than wine. What if you started to pray, Jesus, you gotta be more than this. For the Christian, this is what you believe. Jesus is the one thing. (laughs) What if your prayer in the moment, with the drawing, the ripping, the desire, maybe it's a good thing because you're supposed to pray, Jesus, help me. Jesus, you're better, but I'm tempted. Jesus, you're more delightful than this, but God is hard. What if that was our prayer? What if we kept going, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfume, your name. Is like perfume poured out, meaning Jesus, you last. You're not body spray, you're perfume. You're an aroma that's gonna go for forever with me. What if this is our prayer life? What if this isn't so physical, but it's allegorical? What if we were to cry out to God in our temptation saying, hey, come to me. Look, let me, let us hurry. Jesus, just bring me into your chambers. What if we started to look to Jesus in our desires? Here's what I know. You wouldn't settle for second-rate sex. You wouldn't give yourself away to every nasty dude that comes in your life that wants one thing. Listen to me. Your identity would 
be in a son whose God's, his name is Jesus, and he will make you whole where you won't be compromising, you won't be giving yourself away, you will hold yourself back for the one you desired, and in that, he gives you everything. He gives it to you. Look, sex is a good thing, but at some point we got to decide what's our foundation. What's it going to be? And make a choice. Because the world's selling us one thing. I'm telling you, it's a cheap imitation. If you want what the world has, do what the world does. And last I checked, they're more sexually active, more promiscuous, and never been on more medication than we've ever been in our history. Why? Maybe they're looking at the wrong thing. Or maybe you choose God's way. And look, I won't lie to you. If you're single, maybe you never have sex. You don't need it. If you're married, listen to me, it'll take an upswing. You might be sitting here and you just nudged your wife the whole time. See, sex is a good thing. I've been telling you. Look, maybe you need to start praying for her. All I know is that all day long we're being poured in this lie. And what I want it's not for us to leave a trail behind us. I just want us to have unbelievable fulfillment and celebrate the gifts God's given us and the way he's prescribed it so that we don't leave ever striving and never arriving. But we have everything we need. But listen to me, at some point you gotta decide. At some point. And that's where how we're gonna wrap this service up. We're going to go back and sing that new song called One Thing. I can't think of one song that would be more appropriate for a response. As the verse says, look, I've tasted and I've seen and look at just broken, empty promises. And listen to me, I think if you're anything like me, okay, we've tasted, we've made mistakes, and we know it doesn't lead. So maybe tonight, maybe today, would be the day you could actually sing this song. Say, I'm going to choose it God's way. I'm going to move that. I'm going to set that in stone because I want Jesus more than I want sex. I want fulfillment in the way he created a, a celebration. And so in a minute, we're going to pray or we're going to sing that song, but I first want to pray for us. I just want to pray that God gives you a crystal clear picture of Jesus. And so Jesus, God, in this room, I know there's all sorts of people struggling all across the map. God, our world is pushing so hard, this cheap imitation. And God, we've taken it, we've squared it, we've made trails behind us. But God, we know that doesn't lead to where we want. And so God, I pray tonight for us that, Jesus, you would be our one thing, that we would choose you, Jesus. God, that without you, all things mean nothing. God, I pray for us that we would have a foundation, that we would choose to learn and study your word and trust you, God. Where Yeah, it's going to cost us a lot, but it'll be something that lasts. God, we've made mistakes, we've made wrongs, but Jesus, you came to forgive us. And so, God, let us get a snapshot of your love. God, let us get a snapshot of your grace, Jesus. But God, let us make commitments to make you our one thing. In your name we pray. Amen.
could never love me. Maybe you're here and you got a stream of mistakes and passes. I want to invite you to worship with us because Jesus came, Jesus died to set us free. And look, it just takes faith in Jesus to set us free. And so one more time, look, I'm begging you guys, let Jesus set you free. Look, be his one thing. God, be with us in this place. God, be real. God, we need you to be real. God, we really do need your love to be sweeter than wine. We need it to be better than sex. God, we need it. God, be with us. God, let us know the hope that is in you. God, let us be able to sing this song through the week. God, that we just want to know you and be with you, Jesus, and be our one thing. God, let that be anchored in our heart, be anchored in our soul. God, do miracles in lives, set people free this week. In your name we pray, Jesus.